You're listening to a podcast from BJSM. I'm with Professor Yuzvi Dvorak, and he's well known to most people in sports medicine because of his contribution to FIFA. Interestingly, he's a specialist neurologist and has had an active role with patients in both uh, back pain and neurological conditions and concussion, of course, before his work with FIFA. We're very happy to have you on the line today, Yuzvi. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, hello, Karim, and I'm happy to be with you. Just to correct you at the very beginning, um, I am still working with patients, and I have still to do with patients with back pain, with concussion, and other neurological diseases, aside of my activities with the FMARC, the FIFA Medical Assessment and Research Center, and in, with FIFA in general. Absolutely. That's great. So thanks for your time, and uh, let's begin by focusing on this idea that physical exercise is good for you. How have you approached that in your role with FIFA? Uh, basically, I have to uh, make a little bit of reminiscence to the past. Uh, during the 1994 World Cup, which was uh, conducted in the United States very successfully, we had our headquarters in Fort Worth, Dallas. And during this time, the referees of uh, FIFA has been clinically checked in, uh, at the clinic where Steve Blair was working and also Kenneth Cooper. I was amazingly impressed by the professionalism it, at this sports medical or basically retrospectively, I would say a preventive medicine center. So uh, our referees were, were not only examined by the staff, but uh, they were followed with the exercise program throughout the World Cup 1994. So uh, that was quite an uh, impressive experience. And since then, I kept this uh, idea of Kenneth Cooper and Steve Blair in my mind over the years. I have uh, followed their papers and tried to implement the ideas within the framework of FIFA. And how have you done that? Well, basically what's, what we have done, that we have formulated the objective of our work and the overall aim and formulated that the FMARC as a medical assessment and research center will try to, on one side, to do everything to prevent injuries related to the sport, but more importantly, to promote sport, and in our case, football, as health-enhancing, maybe even improving social behavior. So that was our objective 1994. So from the very beginning, we obtained epidemiological data, while there was very little known about the um, prevalence and incidence of injuries, about the severity. And once we had that, then uh, based upon the statistical analysis, we have calculated risk factors. So again, here there was a uh, very lucky coincidence in life than when we were analyzing the incidence of injuries. We had the medical data from um, the different level of skills in football. So I had the medical information. I knew what was the diagnosis, but I didn't know what was the cause. And at that time, a Colin Fuller, 
published the mirror-like paper on the video analysis of football injuries. So he had something which I didn't have, and I had something which he didn't have. So through the scientific publications, I contacted him and asked him whether he would be willing to um, join the efforts. And then it was very easy to go from there on. And we have statistically analyzed the risk factors leading to injuries. And they were different kinds. They were risk factors related to the laws of the game, risk factors related to the quality of the refereeing, and risk factors as a result of preparation for the sport. And from there, this step was obvious to consider a potential preventive program. And the preventive program has been also touched from different aspects. From the laws of the game, we have seen which incidents on the pitch were more prone to cause injury. And then we have uh, addressed that with the FIFA, with the International Football Association Board. So the board and the FIFA listened very carefully to the scientific and medical arguments and adapted the rules and the laws. And we are still continuing, like tackling from behind, elbow kicks to the head. That was eliminated out of the game. Then we came to the refereeing and looked at the quality of the refereeing. Top quality referees had significantly less injuries in the game than those who were less qualified. For example, the World Youth Championship and the 20 World Cup presented the highest incidence of injuries in comparison to all other competitions. So we looked at the refereeing and have realized that those referees were of really different quality than those acting at the World Cup. So based upon this argumentation, again, we approached FIFA and presented this data and told them, look, you have to change your strategy. And maybe you should consider to take the potential future referees for the World Cup and already nominate them at the World Youth Championship so they can grow in the, in the quality and in the performance towards the World Cup. And this simple step led to a drop of the injuries in the under-20 World Cup from 4.7 per match to 2.1 per match. And we hope that even the one which is coming next in Colombia, that we come even below two. So from science to the implementation on the football field. So basically our philosophy is at the end we will be measured not on how many papers we have published and how many papers in what impacted journals. Of course we publish in BMJ and in British Sports Medicine Journal. But from the FIFA perspective as an international body, we as scientists will be judged on those very small or very simple results. Did we impact it, the incidence of injuries on the field? Did the flow of the game was impacted by the scientific data? As well as those traumatic injuries, you've prevented 
through changing the rules of the game and improving the referees, you've worked hard to prevent other type of injuries as well. Yes, we were looking at the, at the um, situation of the football players, the amateur, semi-professionals and professionals, and we looked uh, in the risk factors causing uh, the overused injuries and developed a preventive program as a complete warm-up to be done prior every training and in a reduced form every match. And we called it 11+. Plus which consists of a number of uh, simple exercises which can be done. Everybody can do it unrelated to age. And there is an increasing quality of those exercises. So uh, you are forced to go from step one to step three. And when you can do it, then basically this is a daily routine, like brushing your teeth. And implementing that kind of program, we have seen in a prospective uh, randomized control trials with quite a large number of football players that the incidence of non-contact injuries can be reduced by more than one-third. And for the severe injuries like uh, muscle tears and, and similars, up to 50%. So that was like a milestone publication was published in the British Medical Journal in uh, 2008 and in the British Journal of Sports Medicine 2010. That really has been a great success and you've worked hard with supporting information for that. Tell listeners how they can access the 11 plus conveniently. Well basically uh, this is now the, the part of our work now that we try to promote it um, everywhere wherever we speak but also we made all the material available on fifa.com slash medical. So you can download the entire program. You can download the um, exercises, the video clips. You can download them also from the, with the link from the British uh, Journal of Sports Medicine. So we made this program available for free to everybody. The program is translated in um, German, English, uh, French, Spanish, to Chinese, uh, Arabic, Portuguese, and other languages as well from the Eastern European countries, Russia, Czech Republic, uh, Poland, and others. So basically, we made the program available. We are offering also courses in the framework of our Futuro 3 programs from the FIFA all around the world. And Yuzi, should we talk about uh, football for fitness? Uh, you've done a series of studies on that front. Is that a good thing to have a chat about now? When we come back to Stephen Blair and his milestone paper on the overall morbidity and mortality and the risk factor of cardiorespiratory fitness, then that was uh, for us confirmation that we are on a good way with promoting the football as health-enhancing activity. In order to get a little bit more information and also some um, scientific background data, we have developed together with the University of Copenhagen with uh, Jens Banksbo and Peter Krustrup um, and with the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology a series of prospective studies on impact of playing recreational small-sided football twice a week, 45 minutes, on the different variables of physical fitness, performance, um, variables within uh, the laboratory finding in blood, in urine, and so on. So we have first took a 
unfit middle-aged population and um, one group was playing football, one group was jogging, one group was uh, doing strength exercises in fitness club and, and a group a zero group for comparison. And we have seen that after three months, that already after three months, the number of variables significantly improved and in some of them better in the group in football than in the other comparing groups. So uh, that was the first study. And now we have a, a series of studies with male, females, at different age groups, even in children with pre-diabetes or uh, manifest diabetes, the impact of playing football regularly on those diseases. On the other side, on contrary, in um, aging female population, the postmenopausal uh, problems with uh, osteoporosis. Also here we are obtaining data which are extremely promising. So at the last FIFA Congress in May or 1st of June 2011, again I have uh, been given the floor for, uh, to speak to the, uh, to the delegates from 208 countries and presented the idea that actually football with good conscience and scientific evidence can be promoted as health enhancing activities. So we are absolutely convinced and based upon the work from uh, Banksbo and Krustrup, it's never too late to start. Now, really, we come to something that's very dear to your heart and that's using football to share health messages. Some of our listeners might not have heard about uh, football for health, so I'd love you to tell us about that. Yes, the, the, basically the football for health uh, consists of two directions. The one is the physical fitness. This is the integrated part. And the other part is the so-called 11 for health. 11 very simple health messages to tackle non-communicable and communicable diseases. So what we have looked here, and that was primarily developed when we were looking for the World Cup 2010 in South Africa, what could be the medical legacy? So we were analyzing the risk factors defined by the WHO as related to the overall morbidity and mortality on the African continent. But meanwhile, we have looked also on those parameters in the different parts of the world. So uh, we took such um, risk factors like high blood pressure, uh, increased cholesterol, body mass index, inactivity, use of alcohol and tobacco, unsafe sex, pure sanitation, contaminated water supply, under overweight, and so on. And we tried to create very simple health messages to address children and young adolescents. And then once we have created the health messages like play football or respect girls and women, avoid unsafe sex or avoid drugs and alcohol. So we created those uh, very simple health messages and translated them into the language of football. For example, respect girl and woman, and we took a parallel in the football skills passing, or avoid drug and alcohol, and we took dribbling, or wash your hands, defending, defending against 
infection. And then from this, we took one very famous football player to back up this um, message. And for example, for vaccination, shooting, one of the best uh, strikers, Didier Drogba, from Ivory Coast or Cote d'Ivoire, or for wash your hands defending Carles Puyol, or eat balanced diet, Lionel Messi. So this is what we call the 11 for health. And that has been very successfully tested in the different social economic environment. And it seems that uh, what we can summarize that when I go to the school as a physician or as a representative of a uh, medical association and give the same, same message to the kids, they are not really listening. But when I come with a ball and with a tracksuit as a um, representative of a football institution, the kids are listening. So this is where the power and popularity of the football can be really taken as an uh, entry point to uh, disseminate the very simple messages, but very important for the quality of life and also for the longevity. Yes, that really is a fantastic program, and I won't apologise for putting in a plug here that um, we have papers about that um, in BJSM. We've featured it on the cover couple of times and um, I, I really commend you for that and good luck as you move it through the rest of uh, Latin America as you've been recently and on to other countries obviously from its beginning in Africa. Usually as we come towards the end of this podcast I know there are a couple interesting things we'd plan to talk about and uh, one is uh, success through partnership something you've been very big on and the other one is going to be the Lindau conference um, which would you prefer to start with? Uh, I would start with uh, the um, success through partnership. This is actually very simple. What we have seen now that, you know, when we come to the importance how to transfer the science or the scientific knowledge into the daily life, then this can be done only through partnership. We cannot do it alone. And we have realized that the partners for that kind of work, they are the players, the football players as role model. Everybody knows them. Messi, Ronaldo, Chicharito, and so on. Our football member association, this is our worldwide network. The government, in particular, the Ministry of Health and Education and Sport, because we all are interested to improve the public health at low or almost no cost. Then academical institutions to secure an independent monitoring, long-term monitoring of the program and now I have discovered, particularly with our starting work in Latin America, that media is extremely important. Media, television, newspapers, which the young generation is reading, this is important. And now, for example, in Colombia, the, the biggest publishing house, uh, El Tiempo, decided to be a partner of the program to implement the program nationwide in um, Colombia, have it taking as a starting point our under-20 championship in Colombia. And the same happened in Mexico with the under-17 World Cup, where we could create such a powerful partnership while the government is struggling and suffering from those uh, problems. So they are happy for any means to improve the situation. 
and the Lindau Conference? Yeah, that was very interesting. That was just uh, about 10 days ago. The Lindauer Conference is it's an annual meeting of Nobel Prize uh, laureates. And this year, the main issue was public health. So they, those uh, big uh, intellects and the big brains from all around the world were discussing what could be done. And they even invited Bill Gates and other personalities um, to hear what they are doing or what could be done around the world. And basically the idea is what came out or what at least I understood by reading the extensive reports and the press that the implementation is the issue, that basically the knowledge is here, but what is unclear, how to touch the base, how to touch the public at large, it is understood that prevention can be done, that prevention works if it's done, but it has to be understood. And I think that we might offer this platform of the popularity because, uh, you know, currently there are about 300 million people uh, playing football directly and indirectly you are reaching about 1.5 billion people around the world with the sport. So um, we are thinking, you know, how to link all those informations which are around and the necessity and we start to feel that that could be one of the possible ways. So um, I got indirect confirmation that the way we have uh, started with the approach of FIFA, that this is also indirectly supported from the different groups. And the, finally, the question is the, how to implement successfully. That's fascinating, and, and thanks for sharing it. For listeners, Lindau is L-I-N-D-A-U, a very, very interesting connection you do a great job of connecting many dots, Yeji. It did remind me when you talked about the 1.5 billion exposure through football, the story about promoting football for health and the 11 plus down at the World Cup. Uh, share with the listeners how that was exposed on global media. Well, that was uh, also a, a, a major step. Uh, you know, we have offered the, the FIFA the data and we said, you know, now. Maybe this is the ideal opportunity, the FIFA World Cup. So uh, FIFA agreed that this is important. So they gave us time on the LED banners, you know, which are all around the pitch, and they are changing constantly for the partners of FIFA. So we received also allocated time at least uh, three to five times per match. Around the football pitch, they were banners 11 for health, to promote health through football, and 11 plus to prevent injuries. And during the halftime and before starting of the match and at the end of the match, on the giant screen in every stadium in South Africa and currently now in Mexico and also during the Women's World Cup in Germany. I was just um, yesterday returning from my visit to Germany. This uh, promotional video clips with these uh, role models football players are, uh, are played. So we have received the biggest possible exposure in the media you can imagine because, uh, you know, we had 3.2 million spectators in the audience and we have about uh, 30 billion 
TV spectators during the 64 matches of the FIFA World Cup. So basically, this 11 for health and 11 plus Somehow people, when they see it, they will remember. I mean, that's the same like, you know, why Adidas is using this platform to promote uh, their company. It's the same principle. So we got the world exposed to the ideas of uh, fitness, to the promotion of health through this. And we are very happy about that. And that this is from now on routine procedure in every FIFA competition which is going to be done. A great example of turning research into action into, into health and something that BGSM is pushing very much in the next year or so and we'll have a special focus on that in the January BGSM as you know Yeji. Thanks a lot for your time today. That was Professor Yeji Dvorak from Zurich. Yeji's been a tremendous ambassador for sports medicine in relating to its musculoskeletal side to Prevention of Concussion, which you can listen to on a separate podcast, and obviously in his work as the chief of the sports medicine research arm of FIFA, which is called FMARC. Thanks for listening to this BJSM podcast, and please do email with suggestions of who you'd like to hear in this series.